We are live. We are live. That is true. We are live. Oh. We are live for week four. We're having right away some technical difficulties on my end. We're good. We can't pause, Todd. We can't pause. This is live. Can We're you used to pausing, but lag, I just had a technical difficulty. There's no lag, right? No, I can hear you. I can no. hear you. Okay. I don't, yeah, no, what happened there was when I turned on the stream, I had my YouTube stream up. Um, so it started playing my voice back to me. So that was interesting. Um, but we're live. We are live for the On the Bump podcast. This is a thing we are going to try to be doing. Um, and if you can come for the live streams, great. If you can't, just wait out for the podcast. You'll hear it one way or another. So pretty excited, Todd. How's it going? It's going well. You know, it's going well, another, going well. Another week in the life baseball. Just getting through some of these, some of these off-season weeks. Sounds like things are picking up a little bit this week with some some hot stove. The hot stove's heating up a little bit. So we have some news there. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, you kind of saw the news coming. Um, as soon as the Mets finalized the James McCann deal yesterday, I knew the GM wasn't too far behind. I don't think you're – although Steve Cohen and Alderson said they had no problem making a move without a GM – I think if they were that close to a decision, they would have had the input. Um, so, yeah, so Mets' new general manager is Jared Porter. Jared Porter, formerly of the Arizona Diamondbacks. And he was under Theo with the Cubs for a little bit. Very well-regarded uh, GM who people have been actually trying to get and been part of many interview processes for the last few years. Uh, so I think it's pretty good for the Mets. Um, he's going to work with Sandy, obviously, so – We'll see. Um, I think that is a good hire, though, from what I've heard. Interesting that he has the Theo connection, just because kind of what we've talked about is with Theo, you never know. Not that not that he would step back, that Jared would step back from the GM role, but maybe, you know, Sandy wants to step back in a year or two. He's just kind of here for the the transition, and maybe he wants to step back and pass the torch to Theo in a in a year or two so yeah we'll be interesting to see james mccann move is is interesting i mean i think it kind of i expected jt to go first just to set the market usually the higher paid guys usually go first and that kind of trickles down throughout the market but james mccann saw money he saw dollar signs and he went for it might be a little overpaid i'm not sure but only time will tell. And I'll also, I'm not too in tune with the Mets in terms of their farm system, at least to the level I am with the Yankees. But from what I've heard, there's like this 19-year-old kid who, yeah, yeah I don't know um, his name. Francisco Alvarez. He's, he's going to be a pretty, I mean, where he's at right now, he can hit the crap out of the ball. Um, the whole, the whole, his, you know, everything about him hasn't fully formed yet, but Right. Nineteen year old, so you think McCann's on a four year deal. Right. It exactly. might take him three years to get up. 
and then you're talking about one year where you might have a guy like McCann and Alvarez together. So yeah. it doesn't hurt you at all. Um, I, I think it sets it sets a rear precedent for where Real Muto is because um, it doesn't have like the it's not it, just because McCann signed ten million a year doesn't mean that Real Muto can't get twenty five, but it does make it harder. It makes it harder for him to get because let's just say he gets twenty five. Let's say that. You're telling me he's one and a half times better than James McCann. I, I don't, I don't think that's true. I, I think McCann had some great. And if you look, there was a stat pull up the other day, um, and their stats were very similar over the last, I think, year or two. It might have been two years now. Um, that's yeah, offensively, I mean, though. I, I've, offensively, yeah. I haven't heard, I, mean, I haven't gone too much into his stats, but defensively, I've from the Twitter rumblings I've heard. That's where James McCann lacks a bit. Of course, you're dealing with a veteran staff, so it might not be as big of an issue. So we'll see. And I don't, I don't know how like when it comes to defensive statistics, I don't know how um, percentiles work. So I don't know if it's better to be higher or lower. I really don't. That's higher. higher. Okay, so then they're still pretty close though, because Real Muto is the 94th percentile when it comes to pitch framing. And James McCann is 88th. So they're, oh. I mean, not too far off. Um, and McCann can get it done. You know, his arm strength is good enough. I think it was a good signing for the Mets. Um, I think it allows you now to go after a guy like Springer, go after possibly a guy like Bauer. I think you save money here to do those other moves. Um, I'm still pretty confident about Springer. I still think he'll be a Met. Bauer, I would say I'm like 25% confident on. Yeah, Bauer I, to Anaheim has been trending on Twitter. Yeah. So I don't know. That could be that could be something outside of the box with him. There's also been, and kind of like we've predicted, the Blue Jays have been in on everybody. And there's been some story written by somebody who says they heard that whoever, basically the Blue Jays are everybody's second team right now. Yeah, but the question that's also going around is: Do the Blue Jays actually have this money? Or are they just kind of bluffing it right now, just to show, kind of show the American League and their young talent that hey, we're we're trying here, and our objective is to win. Well, I, I think they do. I mean, their payroll when they were on those three or four winning years in a row, their payroll was relatively high. I mean, it was in the. I yeah, mean, compared to like Mets Yankees, no, but that might have done them in. I've heard like their. I think what I heard was that their bill to like the Rogers Center is pretty ridiculous right now. I so, can imagine. Yeah, that can might imagine. be handcuffing them a bit financially. But that that's where I really think we we've talked about it before, but that's where I really think that the Mets with Cohen have this advantage because they didn't lose money. Every other team in one way or another, because the lost revenue lost money last year, Cohen didn't lose money on the owned by owning a baseball team. He did not lose money in there. It's all fresh money for him. So I really feel like these player agents before, if it's a, even if it's a player that the Mets are remotely interested in, I feel like they're going to come to Cohen before they sign with anyone else and say, listen, this is the offer we just got. Can you do this number? And He's not going to be stupid with the money, but I, I I do think that does play in the hands of the Mets for a lot of free agents. Yeah, the fresh money. I mean, 
obviously Steve also has gobs of money. It's not, he can, yeah. if he wanted to have the top paid guy at every position, he pretty much could. Yep. So the Mets and, are never going to be in a money situation with their current ownership. The one thing Mets fans need to know though, as much as it is, the, it's out there. He has the endless amount of money. We don't have to worry about money. When you get into that luxury tax, it is a pain in the ass. At that that yeah, can't, no that can't really yeah. that. even someone like him might not want to. But even Especially with that if being you're said, not winning. Yes. If, if you start winning, it's a whole different story. Without yep. winning and he's deep in the luxury tax every year, yeah. it's gonna become a, a, a an issue. Yeah. Cause if you look at the Dodgers, let's just say they're in the luxury tax and they pay this large bill every year, but they're making money from the playoffs. They're making money from everything else. So it almost washes itself out. But the Mets are still, even with that being said, let's just say the Mets don't want to go into luxury tax. Projected salaries right now, with the arbitrations included, the Mets have $59 million before they hit the luxury tax. So that could easily, almost easily, if you can make a couple moves, absorb a guy like Springer and almost a Bauer, if you really want it. Yeah. You pretty much have enough money to do that. Um, so there's money. I, I don't expect him to go crazy. Um, I think McCam was great. I still think Springer comes. Wouldn't be surprised if they didn't get Bauer and went like a Tanaka or Odorizzi um, and then a Brad Hand Hendricks, one of those two. And then yeah, the Yankees money situation is a different story right now, which – I don't know what the Steinbrenners are thinking or doing, but we can get into that in a few minutes, I guess. I mean, we can get into it now. So, okay, so sure. the report the report today was that DJ LeMay, I think it was reported by SNY or one of the two. Probably. Uh, SNY, yeah. Yankees and DJ LeMahieu are reportedly $25 million apart in negotiations. Which isn't surprising. It's not surprising because that basically, uh, I said it before, so you, so it, it basically means to me that they're a year off in the contract. That's what that, that's what I read that as. AAV, you know, like it's, it's not like they're that far off AAV no. wise. That's, there's just no chance. That's what Unless I read that as. It's completely yeah. low volume. But I, sorry. No, you got, got. I, 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 it, I do feel like as a Yankee fan, though, just hearing that you're a part on salary from a guy of his caliber of what he did the last two years, it would bother me because I, think, I, I think this drags out, this drags out Machado Harper style. I think this goes January, February and either. I mean, DJ's going to get money somewhere. If the Yankees don't pay it, I think somebody else it's tricky though, because he's, 32 and a lot of teams go oh, Yankee Stadium like, yeah. you know and was it a flash in the pan even though he's been good now for two two years consistently but is it a Yankee Stadium effect and you know 2020 stats are a little for everybody you can kind of take with a grain of salt so who knows maybe there aren't teams that are willing to pay him and the Yankees know that and they're kind of sitting on their cards right now until they absolutely need to need to make a decision which it's also possible that knowing the Yankees they make some other move that people are kind of pissed off at up front and it results in letting 
letting DJ walk or letting letting Tanaka walk. There's rumors of of what's his name of it's Josh Josh Bell and Jameson Talon. There's like some trade on the table potentially that the Yankees would get both of those guys kind of in a in a buy low kind of low risk high reward kind of deal where Jameson's coming off surgery Josh Bell had a putrid year so there are a lot of moving parts going on here that could there's really no prediction at this point in terms of what the infield is going to look like and it's just interesting with Brian Cashman I'm not saying I've lost trust in him but I think the Yankees are an organization where they're fine with the status quo and they just expect it to work out because they're the Yankees. And I'm scared they're five to 10 years behind the thinking in that manner where they're not the Yankees anymore. And teams like the Rays can do it without, without $200 million payrolls. It's, you know, yeah. Well, We'll definitely get back to the bell tie on trade because I do have that article from Yahoo Sports, Yahoo Sports Up. So we'll talk about that in a second. But um, when it comes to DJ, I think it's interesting because I, 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 you said that it might drag out. I can't see it dragging out just because of the amount of teams that can use a guy like DJ and will pay that. I think DJ is going to get to a point where as much as you want to be a Yankee, if you are a whole year off – $25 million off, whether it's a year, whether it's the total, whatever it is, that's a lot to be off with, with, with free, with your off season starting to slowly trip away from you. Um, Who would pay it? the Dodgers, I, the angels. I, I think Washington, I think Washington would pay him. I think the blue Jays would. I think if the, if Steve Cohen woke up one day and had a realization that he wanted a second baseman, I think, the Mets would pay him. Like, not that he wanted a second baseman because we have McNeil, but it, let's just say in a hypothetical world, if George Springer didn't work out, right? Then what that does is you put you move McNeil back to left field, you move Nimmo back to center, and now you have that second base open again. So that's kind of part of it too. Um, but I wouldn't. I don't think the Mets are even close to a player for him. But there is team the Giants. I think you may have mentioned them. I think these kind of teams. Might put up that money for him. Giants so are too far away, though. I feel like uh, yes, but they're the Giants, and I'd always the another team is the Rangers. Rangers, I feel like they're, they're also too far away. But but they're in a weird spot because they they sell off Lance Lynn, but didn't they make a signing last week? David, Duh. Oh. Duh. you know, I, I want everybody to to lift behind. Statue, get I the need... statue ready at Globe Life Field. I want to lift the Ranger David Dahl is there. I want to lift behind the curtain for a second because before the show, we literally decided today it was going to be kind of off the cuff, just talk about topics going on. And David Dahl was one of the things Todd brought up. And that moment of me asking who the Rangers signed, I literally, I literally forgot who it was. That was not a transition, although I wish I could oh, say wow. it was. That just worked out. That was something. But yeah, David the Rangers. Dahl. The numbers David Dahl. on David Dahl. I get he's injury prone. He's 26. I get also he played in Colorado. I get it. Colorado is artificial numbers for a lot of guys just because the ball flies. You know what's wild? That's not his kind of style of hitting. You know what's wild as well with David Dahl is that 
even with him signing as a free agent, he still has two years of control because of the way his, his service time worked out. They still have him under control after this year for arbitration. So they sign him to a one, anyone that signed him to a one year deal, got him on the one year deal. And you have two years of arbitration left because of his service time. It's one of the weirdest free agent situations that I've seen in some time. Um, I guess it ha- maybe maybe it happens more than I notice. I don't know, but he's only twenty six. So. Yeah, and his certain like the Rangers go for it. Like he could, he has yeah. all star potential in my mind. Um, yeah, I think it's a risk a team like that would take. I don't think a contender would take that risk. But well, team- like my fire takes said a couple weeks ago, a couple episodes ago, and maybe I was onto something, but it was just off the cuff that the Rangers would win the AL West. Sure, why not? Well, they, I mean, I don't hate it. I don't hate it because of the logic of potentially you're talking about an Astros collapse, which I disagree with, but that's a potential thing. Um, the Rangers would have to do something drastic because they've now traded Lance Lynn. They're going to lose Corey Kluber to free agency. They lost Mike Minor to the Royals. Um, they haven't got any younger on any part Another of the thing We should talk about the Royals, but we'll get to that. Yeah, we can, we can talk to them. We'll talk about I'll leave a note for them in a second. Um, but yeah, it, it's the Rangers would have to do something drastic at this point. Signing and that, I guess that drastic thing could be a DJ signing, or even they like to throw money at guys. Don't count them out of throwing money for you know for a guy like Bauer. I mean, is that the best fit for him? Like where they are, maybe not. But the Rangers have done know. that before, and the Rangers have thrown money. They threw money at Cole Hamels. They threw money at Cliff Lee, I believe. Cliff Lee got a nice contract for them. Yeah. So they they they're not afraid to throw money at guys, especially pitchers. So never count them out in this situation. I think their direction's a little off from a big name free agent, but I'm I, I don't know. I, I I think, but but going back going back to that Yankee point with DJ and if he left, let's play that hypothetical all world all the way back. I think the Yankees would put I I. I know as a Yankee fan, it's hard right now, but I would trust uh, the system that they've built to replace DJ with a with a replacement level player. I've seen Tyler Wade; he's not cutting it out. No, but I, I don't think it would be him. I, 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 don't I know. think I guess Glaber, and then you oh, need yeah. a free agent replacement at shortstop. Well, the one that I would think, the one that would come out to me logically is a replacement, he can play both positions, is Wong from St. Louis. Colton Wong on like a one-year deal. If his market doesn't set the way he needs it to, kind of like DJ last time with the Rockies, that kind of same concept. Um, but yeah, I think Torres moving back to second is your best natural fit. In that case, if if he didn't return, that would be the move. And then I think your shortstop, you you're looking at maybe a Simmons and a drone Simmons if his market comes down. I mean, Didi, I think at that point, DD come home. I think you're, I think you're looking at the market dropping into your lap at that point. Um, I really don't and, get the obsession with Simmons. I really don't. I he get is a, like, I get he's like 14th all time or something, which is ridiculous in defensive war. Like he's up there with like, all timers. I mean, he's an unreal defender. He's like uh, one of the best defenders of all time, but he cannot hit the ball. I watched him for years with the Braves when he played the Mets, and 
he heard us all the time where you'd hit a ball in the hole and I mean, it was the easiest single ever and he would come out with a play. I mean, he, his, his defense is unreal, but his bat's pretty flat. I mean, he doesn't have much there. He could bat two. I mean, off the cuff, not even looking at stats, 250, 260 in that realm. Which I think doesn't really equate. That's why I don't think his market's going to heat up the way people think. I think he's on a one-year, two-year with an option type type uh, free agency right now. Um, but it's weird because – Don't buy the hype. No, I agree. But going Yankees and Mets, the Mets are in a spot where Sandy's basically said he wants to continue to build the farm system. Meaning that means to me, I don't expect to trade for a guy that we've talked about. And for the Yankees, I feel like the way they're constructed, a trade might make sense. So when we just when you brought it up before briefly, the trade for Josh Bell and Jamison Tyon, that was a report from Alex Smith of SNY um, this past week, and they said they talked trade with Pirates involving Jamison Tyone and Josh Bell. And I, 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 I like that, that um, those two players coming together. I like that combo. And um, I think they would work really well together for a team of the Yankees. You get a good pitcher with high upside and you get a guy in Josh Bell that can play outfield, can play first and can DH. So I wouldn't hate the move. I don't, I don't know that I don't know the absolute fit, but I wouldn't hate it. Yeah, Alex Smith from SNY, if you want to come on this podcast, talk about it. Maybe we could, you know, get him in here. Friend of the podcast. We'll send him a DM. Yeah, Mm -hmm. friend friend of the podcast. Um, I was looking a little into the stats on on Josh Bell, some of the numbers that maybe some of the dweebs in the Yankees back office are are looking into, where it's like his, his numbers just fell off last year for no real reason. Like there were some stats that maintained themselves. His batting average on balls in play, I believe, went way down, which Babip is basically I'm back. This is weird. That was weird. Why it's alive. I love live. Keep going Todd. So with with Babbitt, it was, it, it was Babbitt's essentially a luck statistic, and he didn't really he, he, he didn't really fall off in the Babbitt area, I believe, if I'm correct. Where his stats completely changed from 2019 to 2020, where his ground ball to fly ball rate, which mm. obviously Yankee Stadium. You're looking for guys who can hit fly balls because fly balls go out in Yankee Stadium. Hitters ballpark. Everyone likes to make fun of it, even though it works both ways, whether you're a Yankees pitcher and have to deal with that from the opposing bats versus a Yankees batter. But that's a story for another day. So with that ground ball to fly ball ratio, his number from 2019 to 2020 basically flipped. Where 2019, he had a great year. He hit mostly fly balls. The ball went out. With 2020, the opposite happened. His batting average dropped significantly because you hit balls on the ground. You hit balls on the ground, it's harder to get through the infield. So you hit balls on the ground, they go to third base, they go to second base, they go to shortstop, whatever. 
So it's hard. His numbers went down. So I guess the Yankees are somehow, if they're looking into doing this trade, they're banking on him turning those numbers around, which I guess is possible. But it makes me wonder, because he's a first baseman, primarily, are they looking to sell high, basically buy low on Josh Bell, and sell high on Luke Voigt? Mm. Which scares me because Luke still has, I believe, four years of control. Which and Luke's in the in his prime right now, which is unfortunate for Luke because he won't ever really get a a big time major, you know, like a seven year contract that he might deserve. He's looking at a three four year deal, probably at the at past his peak. So yeah. he's going to lose out on a lot of money because of that, but that's the nature of the beast. No one's, no one's necessarily crying for, for Luke right now in terms of how much money he's making. But it scares me because I think Luke... I, I don't know if the Yankees think between between Luke and, and Mike Talkman and those guys that they can just like... if They're just like genius at finding these sparks, these just like lightning flash in a pan but i would stick to what we have i would like them to run it back just completely as is maybe maybe add a picture or two and maybe either come up with a platoon strategy at catcher or sign i don't know i don't know who you would sign yeah. but i don't like it and talon talon could be fine because he's also buy low, sell high. He's had some good years. He was kind of the prize of the of the Pirates organization for a while, where especially after Garrett Cole. And also that factor, too. I believe they were teammates for a bit. I mean, that could come into play. So yeah. that I'm not necessarily against. But I, I don't see the Josh Bell fit here. Unless yeah. he can play multiple positions. But it would have to be like, he would have to be a guy you could stick it. Like, can you turn him into a second baseman if DJ oh, goes? Josh Bell. Yeah, no. I would. I mean, I, 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 probably not. Um, yeah. I, I, I know he's. I like Bell a lot. I think he is a great risk for someone because if he turns it on, he's really good when he's on. And like, like we've said, he's predominantly obviously a first baseman. Can he can play a little outfield? He started as a right fielder, I believe. Um. So he has the opportunity to do that. And I think it comes back to the fact that Stan is just a cog right now in everything the Yankees are trying to do. Now, if he comes up yeah. and goes 40 home runs this year, like I predict, like he has a big year and stays healthy, then it, then it takes it takes that part of the equation out. But right now you look forward. You, you, just, you can't put anybody in this lineup because at some way or another Stan's blocking them. Right. And I think at this point, Maybe what they're thinking with a move like, or, or with a move like trying to get Josh Bell is that they know none of these guys. It, there's probably always going to be a slot for him. It's basically they might be thinking of him as as Mike Ford's replacement. Josh Bell. Yeah. I mean, it depends. It depends what part of the deal you're 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 shooting for. Are you are you trying to get this deal done because you really want? Um, 
the pitcher tie on and you're just taking Bell because they're they're willing to throw him in as a package, or is it the reverse? Are you actually looking for Bell? Then that makes you feel like all right, now you gotta find a spot for him. Now you have Voight, now you have Stan, then it gets weird. Um because I don't, don't need Josh Bell. They have enough guys no. who can have power and, and hit the ball out. It's just a matter of if they can stay healthy. I mean, that's also one of those off-season reports that simply could just be um, the beauty of this time of year. Yeah, could just be whatever. Like they, there's no question that the Pirates, I would think, are going to try to move on from Josh Bell and tie on at some point to really uh, embrace the uh, tank the or the tank. perpetual tank of the Pittsburgh Pirates, and um, no surprise that they'll do that, but. No. Uh, Speaking so of another team that's having quite the offseason, you mentioned them before, so we'll get back to them, is the Kansas City Royals. And you've kind of, people don't know, Todd's been fascinated by what the Royals have done um, in different yeah, ways. What's going on? I think they're trying to win. And I think they're trying to win in their they're way. Because if, But if you look at their lineup, I mean, you, you add Carlos Santana. Carlos Santana? Like, and he can hit. He could still hit. But why? What's the ceiling here? With this He's season? a DH. He's a DH. And, but you look around that lineup, you do have some nice pieces. With yeah, Whit. Whit Merrifield. Uh, Mon- well, he's not, is his name Mondesi anymore? Yeah, it's not Raul anymore. It's Albert, Al- Alberto, Mondesi. Alberto Mondesi. Um, you still have Hunter Dozier. You have the kid Bobby Whit coming up. You have Jorge Soler. So, like, right. there's pieces there that if you put some veterans around, like a Mike Miner – and we know, but we know they'll they have the system in place there that they can make guys good too. So it doesn't hurt to just add Mike Miner and Carlos Santana and just see what can happen. I mean, if you lose and you go 70, 71 wins, you were going to do that anyway. So but it um, cost you more. Hey. I mean, Santana was what ten million a year, twelve million a year. He was two years, twenty-four. Like Miner's contract, I believe. I believe Santana was like two years, seventeen mil. Two years, seventeen for Santana. Mike Miner was two years, eighteen. So nine million a year on Miner. Miner's his his numbers back him up though. I mean, especially his analytics. He's a pretty good pitcher. He's gonna get you what he's gonna get you. He'll he'll get you that. He'll be thirteen and ten with a with a four or three point nine forty all right. And I think that's good enough for what you're paying um, for him. I don't mind Miner. I thought he was a he was one of the guys I was actually targeting as like a end of the rotation guy for the Mets if we didn't get an Odorizzi or Tanaka or Bauer. Um, so that's kind of the problem though with this free agency right now is. After Bauer and Odorizzi, the market for starting pitching kind of dries significantly and fast. Unless Tanaka shows up. Which, if if let's just say Bauer goes, let's say, because the Mets, I mean, they want a starting pitcher, but I wouldn't say like it's their need. So let's just say Bauer does go to the Mets, right? You take a team that didn't necessarily have a need for starting pitching. All of a sudden, the market for Tanaka really opens up because then you have the Angels who want one. Red Sox, I'm sure, would love to give some money to Tanaka to take away from the Yankees. You have a bunch of teams that are going to start needing a guy like Tanaka 
And then if one of those teams misses out on um, um, the other guy, Jake Odorizzi, that opens up Tanaka's market even more. So it's going to be interesting. I think I think Tanaka will wait to see what the other guys do before he uses his market up, but I guess we'll see. I just don't get how the Yankees don't have money. Like, <laughs> like but the I, thing I is don't though, understand I'm, to pay, I mean, not pay yeah. Tanaka. Is, is a little, I, I don't know. I think the problem is it's not that Tanaka, they can't pay him for a year. I think I think he's going to get a multi-year deal. I think that's part of the issue. He's 31. That's fine. Or 32. I, I know, but I think we look at the Yankees rotation. You have a guy like Cole. You have Montgomery. You have um, Davey Garcia, Clark Schmidt. Like, those are guys. Debbie the God. Guys that are going to be here for years, and and Debbie you have what happened? Debbie Dugod. Oh, you're still you're still on about that. Uh, yeah. So I just don't think they want to give a multi-year deal to Masahiro Tanaka. I don't think Jordan Montgomery is part of the long-term plan there. I think the long-term rotation is Cole Sevy, Sevy too. Yeah, Debbie. Um, Clark Schmidt, and then Mike King, and then you assume because they're prospects, still that one of the three, at least, of Clark Schmidt, Mike King, and Debbie doesn't pan out to their full potential. Why not sign Tanaka? So you think that Mike King is more part of the future than Montgomery is? Yeah, Montgomery just started a playoff game. Yeah, but it was they were pretty, pretty behind. They were pretty strapped for pitching in that. Season. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I see Montgomery as. You're part not going to put Mike King in in that situation right now. You're just not. Oh, no, no, you're definitely not. Um, and staying on the Yankees topic, we brought in. Uh, they have a new minor league, uh, minor league affiliate. Right. The Renegades, the Hudson Valley Renegades, my Hudson Valley Renegades or Hudson brought, Valley. have brought the Yankees. The Yankees have, I should say, the Yankees have brought the Hudson Valley Renegades into the fold. Epic review or release of the jerseys, home and away, from the man himself, Michael Kay, did a, did a release with them. Nice little video on their Twitter account. We can shout it out. Shout out shout Hudson out Valley Renegades. Also, real, real quick, shout out StreamYard. We want StreamYard. to be part of your unit. We are sending you tweets. We're trying to get there. StreamYard, keep an eye out. We're trying. We, we want to be with you. Sorry, keep going. We are with you, StreamYard. Yes. But they even came out with like this, this Yankee hat design that's like HV instead of the NY HV for Hudson Valley. And I'm going to need it. I'm going to be on the shop as soon as that drops. That's going to be an instant purchase. I'm not even going to think about it. Now, that's going to be what? High A? High A. So you might see guys like at some point you might see the Martian there. Jason. I'll never forget. I saw – I went to see the Mets. At this point, it was high – no, it wasn't high A. It was it was rookie ball, so I think it's called low A. Um, and it was the Brooklyn Cyclones. And – I saw Michael Conforto play his first game out of uh, after being drafted, and he hit a home run and he threw a guy out of the plate. 
It was the only time I ever went to a Brooklyn game. I saw our friend Dom Smith. Wow. In Binghamton. Oh wow. Oh yeah, Binghamton. Yeah. That's when Binghamton was the BMX. Double Were they triple A? Double A, double A, yeah. Um, yeah, so a lot of reshuffling in the minor leagues. Uh, yeah, people the are – there's some interesting news stories going on with, with all that, with the Staten Island Yankees and whatever's going on with the drama between the Staten Island Yankees and the New York Yankees where supposedly the Yankees never told the Staten Island Yankees until there was a press release that basically they're, they're cut, which – Seems a little shady, to say the least. And you wonder, it sounds like the Staten Island Yanks are folding, which I'm kind of surprised given I've never been to that stadium, but I've heard and seen pictures that that view is incredible, that Mm -hmm. it's basically one of the only stadiums where you get that direct view of the skyline of, of the city. And I would have figured with that new that maybe they could have been well Yankees low is in Tampa just because but mm-hmm. I would have figured maybe their draft league there's like this draft league thing that's being brought yes. in for that's a, what lot, I was of, bring up. a yeah. lot of the teams left without affiliates Trent and Thunder are part of that now this draft league where cool. it's like this showcase league for guys who haven't been drafted to kind of show their show their stuff and seems like an interesting concept to continue to build the pipeline yeah it's the um draft league is also for guys who maybe won't be able to play in college if their season gets uh um they don't have their season gets canceled or whatever else might happen um i think that's a good idea for these prospects and guys who want another crack, I, I, I think it's a, I think it's a nice idea that the MLB put it together because we don't know what the minor league is going to look like this year with the amount of games they play and how, who they're going to play. We really don't know how many. How, we have no idea what's going to happen with the season, you know. So, I imagine this draft league kind of being like these kind of like prep schools for basketball. Like mm-hmm. where, you know, it's like Findlay Prep or whatever, or whatever that school was that like Lamella went to. Mm. That they just like, they're not there. To, they're not there for academics. They're, they're there, there to play basketball. Yeah. This completely takes the academics out of the equation. It's not like you're going to college for, or it could be, a, I guess it could be a replacement for essentially guys who, maybe right out of high school don't want to go into the draft, mm. but they don't want to commit four years to to college. Maybe they want one or two years to try and prove themselves in this draft league. I'm not really sure on all the details, but that's what I would imagine it, it kind of turning into. Well, it's very similar to the formula of hockey, where hockey has all these junior leagues, the WJ, right. WHL, OGHL, like all this stuff. Um, and it's very similar to that formula, giving them a chance to showcase themselves, which I think is, I think is is pretty pretty awesome. Or back junior league or whatever. Yeah, all the different. Let's go Devils. Yeah, let's always let's go Devils. Always, 
always and always. Thank you for having us. Devils, despite us being Yankees and Mets fans, this is a Devils network. A Devils network and a Jets network. Confirm that. Unfortunately, um, but we. I want to talk not about the Jets because that's not this podcast. No. But I do want to talk about, and you had a problem with it too. There was a, um, there was a report this week from, or not a report. It was like a, well, I guess you can call it a report from um, Jeremy. Was Schaff. it on the sports reporters, right? Yes, it was on sports reporters by a guy named Jeremy Shap. Um, who basically came out and basically said the Jets, because they're tanking for a guy like Lawrence, they shouldn't be able to do that and. All the other stuff saying how the Jets are terrible for doing so. But of course, you know, and I'm trying to read this in the baseball, but he doesn't bring up any, you know, the Colts who did it for Andrew Luck or, you know, the, the Panthers who did it for Cam Newton. They, they're not going to bring up any of that, but no. we'll definitely bring up the Jets because it's current and why not? Um, but that, that, what that brings to is the point of baseball and tanking in baseball. And my question is is there tanking in baseball? Or is there just small market teams that refuse to spend? I think there's a difference. I think it's that's a that's a tough question. It's a matter of yeah, the shitty teams because of baseball structure are usually in shitty or the shitty teams are usually in the smaller markets. Which is why I guess people are questioning why are the Jets even shitty at all? People should want to go there. They're New York. It's a big town, obviously. Yeah. You don't see the Yankees tanking. The Mets are just mediocre usually. They don't usually tank. It's usually teams, but actually to that end. The Astros are a perfect example in baseball of tanking and it working. They bottomed out in what was it like 2013, 2014, they were historically bad. Yeah. One of the worst teams in the history of baseball. And Houston's not a small town. Houston's one of the like five biggest cities in the country. So I don't think they, they did it to perfection and no one's, no one's well we are questioning that because of the cheating but yeah i don't think it's the worst thing if you're a team that's in this middle ground and and has a bunch of guys who you can still get value for to just to just bottom out for a second i don't think that's the worst thing teams do i mean um the like you said the astros are a prime example the royals kind of were perennials um, bottom feeders, they still kind of fell back into that, but they had that quick burst of just getting, you know, going off to a different level. And, um, yes, I mean, so the bottom feeders of the leagues, that's, that's kind of that report was about as we may have lost Todd. We're kind of going in and out with Todd right now, so I'm going to keep talking, so you guys are with me here. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's there's so much going on um, in MLB. And there he is. 
This is why I love live podcast. Well, he's kind of back. I don't know what happened there. He's back. He's back in black. Um, Can you hear me? Yeah, you're good. I got you. Um, we were just. I just happened. kept talking. I kept talking about the bottom feeders, and we're talking about how the Astros did it. Like you mentioned, the Padres did it uh, very briefly too. So it does work even in big markets. So I don't. I, I just don't. San Diego is not a small market either. No, so I don't get the hate for teams that feel the need to do it if they feel like they can better their better their franchise and better their future. So, yeah. So Jeremy Shap, come talk about it in in the realm of baseball, because yeah, well, Houston did it to perfection. Like we said, San Diego's on the way. Um, Nationals basically did it, more or mm-hmm. less. When Marlins are, are on the Marlins are on the way. Yeah, and the reason I mean, it takes so much more, and it's the same in football. It takes so much more than one player. It's not like they're tanking, and it's just there's like, I mean, Mike Trout was taken. What? Like twenty seventh, wasn't it? He was like, yeah, he was in the late twenties, early thirties of his draft. That's the thing with with professional sports. Tanking is never an exact science. Nope. Even if the guy you get is a superstar, there's still so many other moving pieces. Whether it's in football and you're drafting the the quarterback that's supposed to be the savior of your team. Who knows what would have happened with Sam Darnold if they got the right personnel around him. We're not going to get into that here. This is a baseball podcast. But, you know, the Angels, they had a top talent fall into their laps, and it didn't help them at all. They're still a a 78-win team. So there's no exact science to it. Mm-hmm. Tanking is just what some teams do when there isn't really anything left to do, and you need some sort of organizational direction. And that's what the Jets chose. That's what the Astros chose in 2014, 2013, and it worked. And tanking has been a part of American sports for a hundred years. So. Jeremy Schaap needs to wake up. Yeah, Jeremy Schaap. I want you to go screw yourself. I had to whoa, censor whoa, that. Whoa. I was going to make that a lot worse, but I had no, to censor no, that. No, 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 no. I censored it. Jeremy Schaap, you're a jerk. No. Um, <laughs> I literally, if you, no. if I wish, I can't wait to listen to the back of this and hear how I stopped my word. That like It was there, and I turned it into something that was still not nice, but better. Um, Yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, Jeremy Schaap. Not a friend of the podcast, but we will yeah. talk to you if you want to bring it into the realm of baseball. Yeah, but sure. other than that, not a friend of the podcast. But StreamYard is part of the friend of the podcast. I need to know we're not affiliated yet. We'll keep giving them love. We are powered by StreamYard today. Streaming powered, on, by, StreamYard. powered by StreamYard. Streaming on the YouTube app. If you're There's a streamer no out there. No basis of that claim. No basis. I mean, I mean, there's a basis of the claim that we're powered by it. We're using it. We are using it, it says in the top right, powered by StreamYard. So I mean, okay. you know, we're not we're not far off with what we're saying. No, but honestly, it's it's been awesome for us to use. But um, we do need a sponsor. So if you're out there, 
if you're out there, anybody, really, if you want to sell us, Hit us up. If you sell, I don't Beer. even know. Anything. Anything. Beer. Beards, we'll do that. Beer. We'll do a bunch. Oils. I can we'll do a it. bunch. We'll do a bunch. Um, Todd, I think I think if you have any, we might jump into history here. Sure. Um, what do we have? So interesting tidbit this week. I forget what his last or his first name was. It might have been Frank. Not sure. Maybe Nick can look it up. I'm having internet issues. I got you. Last name's Linz, L-I-N-Z. He was part of the Yankees teams of the the early 60s that had some success. Obviously, the bottom fell out after the early 60s. Phil. Phil Linz. He was supposedly part of this incident where <laughs> late one season, later in the season, Yankees had like lost some game badly. It, they were riding back on a bus and Phil Lins was playing his harmonica in the back of the bus. Yogi Berra was the manager and Yogi basically said, being, we have breaking news to the podcast. The Cleveland Indians have decided to change their team name as early as this week. After 105 years, the Cleveland Indians will be changing their name as early wow. as this wow we have, we have not had breaking news job no we have not wow. we have not i'm gonna look into the report here it's always good to break news and you can talk about it too but we we will get back to phil lens in a second i didn't mean to what cut that off the cleveland indians that's part of the question now so yeah it looks like i got it to bleacher report um yeah i mean they are saying they will be changing their team name. Could come as early as this week. Kind of saw that coming with everything going on. Yep. Um, I don't. I don't really know what team. Like, I'm not. If I was from Cleveland, I feel like I'd have a better idea. Supposedly, of, in their history, which ties into history, hey, there were yes. the Cleveland Spiders. So people have thought they could go back to the Cleveland Spiders, still use the C logo that they use. Obviously not Chief Wahoo that they use sometimes. Mm -hmm. Chief Wahoo is gone. They will be using the the C could be used, and it could have some interesting – I've seen it out there, some interesting spider designs along with that. The Spiders, I think, were around for like a year or two. I think if I'm correct, I might be pulling this completely out of nowhere. I think the Cleveland Spiders had the worst record of all time in one season. <laughs> if I'm correct. Not sure. I believe I'm correct though. I can I can look at We can fact stuff. check it. Later. I'm fact checking. Yeah, I'm fact checking. Keep going. Uh, while you fact check, I'll talk to Lens. Phil Lens playing his harmonica in the back of the bus going back to or from from a game in the 60s early 60s I believe it was 1964 no one wanted to hear the harmonica he was playing it yogi Berra said something from the front of the bus like can you cut it out or whatever i'm sure it wasn't as pg as can you cut it out it's probably something like shut the f up yep but phil didn't hear it Phil asked Mickey Mantle what what Yogi had said. 
and Mickey said, he said, keep playing or play it louder. So Phil played it louder. Uh, supposedly how the story goes, Yogi went to the back of the bus, basically busted the harmonica, and supposedly that lit some sort of spark in the team. Then when it came to that team got to the World Series, I believe it was Phil Lins wasn't an everyday player. I believe it was Tony Kubek who got hurt, and Phil Lins was his replacement. He played that entire series. He had a couple home runs, had a good series, helped them obviously win win the title that year. And as the legend goes, the Phil Lins harmonica incident played a huge role in in kind of sparking the team. And supposedly Phil Lins had like some some sponsorship deal with some harmonica company. So fun little story in Yankees history. I didn't know that one until this week. And it was a pretty funny story. I had never really heard of Phil Lins. I've read a lot about about kind of the Roger Maris's and the and the Joe DiMaggio's. Those are guys I've and Mickey, of course, those are kind of the guys I've dove into a little more. Joe being my favorite Yankee of all time. But interesting little story there. Very Other history. Well, real quick, the, the Spiders did have the worst record. They went wow, 20, I'm good at this. 20 and 134. Holy cow. So it wasn't a full 162, but no, it was but that's uh, really, really bad. Yeah, it's really bad. Was that? Should I guess? Eight, yeah, guess. 1894. 99. Wow, I'm pretty close. Good at this. And this, this is and something I want to hit before we finish up history. Baseball mind. Baseball mind. And um, something I the without getting too deep into it because it's such a touchy thing, but the changing of a team name, I just don't. I think it's an overreaction by teams, but I also won't begrudge teams for doing their due diligence and putting in the work to figure out that this is the best decision for their franchise. I won't begrudge them for making that decision, but I just think it's an overreaction on some, on some fronts. But listen, if they, if they've done their research, they've, they've been talking about it for a year and they feel like this is the right move for their franchise, then by all means they should do that. They should be the spiders or the rockets or the rockers, wherever they used to be. Oh, that might not be a bad one either. Um, they, yeah, they used to be called the Rockers, the Rockers. Okay. Um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The Rockers, yeah. So, but knowing when these teams change their name, it ends up being a team name that no one even came close to expecting. So, like Can Washington. Yes. The football team, I actually kind of love. It's. I think it, they should yeah. stick with it. I think it's like. Ohio State, where it's the Ohio State, they're like the football team. It's like, and I've seen players use like the football team is greater than your football team. Like, I think it's just great. And I think it's like, I like the branding that it just says Washington football team. Mm -hmm. I think I actually think it could work. It's starting to grow on me as well. And it started to from the beginning. Um, but I think because Washington and they don't like having nice things, as soon as it starts to grow on people and people start to enjoy it, they're going to change it to something else. They're supposedly what I hear is they're not changing it next year. They want to do more, more research. Money. So 2021 football season will have 
the Washington football team again. Maybe we'll get the Cleveland baseball team. The Cle- uh, I hope not. The Cleveland baseball club. I don't know. The Cleveland baseball club. The CBC. That was that was the first breaking news we had on the podcast, and oh, literally, I wish no one's gonna be able to see it. Maybe I can try to like put it up as a video and track my reaction to something else that just happened, and it wasn't a news, so don't get too crazy. But somebody doesn't know how to read accounts on Twitter, and um, I'm not gonna shout his name out, but uh, somebody retweeted something that the Cincinnati Reds posted in 2019. Where it says wasn't me. No, it was not you. Don't worry about it. not you. Not anyone that's familiar with the podcast. It says "Welcome to Red's Country" and has a picture of Trevor Bauer with the hat on. And they tweeted, "Wow, he's back!" And I almost had a second breaking news, and then I looked down and saw it said July thirty first, twenty nineteen. So, Incredible. you know, if you're out there and you, you're, it looks like it's more of an account than as a person, but terrible job on that part. Almost had a second one, but yeah. Who so, broke the the Cleveland news? Um, uh, yeah, we should do that. It was, I believe I'll I'll tell you in two seconds. I think it was reported by like, okay. So it was reported by Michael S. Schmidt, uh, the New York times. Oh, wow. Not a, not a baseball guy by any stretch of the imagination, but must've been something that was filed to the New York times. I would assume. Mike Schmidt, you want to come through and talk about it? Mike no, we'll, we'll, we'll take Mike Schmidt, Mike Schmidt, the yeah, we'll third t- baseman, too. Yeah, this is actually, yeah, we'll take Mike Schmidt, third baseman. This is Michael S. Michael, Michael S. S. Schmidt. Schmidt. Michael like S. Schmidt. Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. He's not actually Michael Jordan, but <laughs> you, you, you put the B or the S and it changes everything. Um, <laughs> what other history you got? You have any more? What do we have? Seven years. I believe it was seven years, 120. Jason Giambi oh. signed this week. Other thing, which I didn't mention to you before, but I'm changing it here. Rule Reverse. five draft. Oh yeah. I forget who he was drafted by originally. I'd looked it up. It might have been the Marlins actually drafted Johan Santana in the Rule Five draft. They traded him to the Twins. Obviously, Johan was one of the best pitchers of kind of our era growing up, he would be one of the guys headlining Sports Center whenever he pitched. I remember also the night of my senior prom. That was the night he threw his no hitter with the Mets. So obviously anyone who was a baseball fan was pretty distracted that night. I remember and it wasn't the peak of it wasn't the peak of smartphones back in that day. We had smartphones, but it wasn't like you were scrolling Twitter and seeing live videos. It wasn't like that. So we were all crowded around a bar outside the ballroom that the prom was at. There was like a bar in the lobby area that had a TV. Basically, all of the guys were crowded around this TV and all of our dates were inside wondering where the hell their dates were. So... That was fun. Yeah, so I enjoyed it. The Johansen, the Johansen Santana part is you were right. It was drafted by the well. He was on the Minnesota, excuse me, the Houston Astros roster. They declined. Uh, right. They, they declined to put him on the forty man. Marlins took him. Then Marlins traded to the him to the Twins. He had never played above Class A before being chosen in the Rule Five draft, which is 
pretty wild when you think of the Rule 5 draft. And I don't know if at that time it may have been different, the rules. I don't know. Because I know now if you take them, they have to be on your Major League roster, right? I believe so. I think they could also be on AAA. Okay. I think I, as long as like, you can be on the 40-man and be on AAA. I I mean, I could, I could get – let's see. If chosen no, – no, no, I was right. If chosen in the Rule 5 draft, a player must be kept on the selecting team's major league roster for the entire season that follows well, the draft. Well, the 40-man is the major league roster. Not the major league active roster. They have to be on the active roster? Yeah. And if not, they get sent back to their original team. So, I don't know if it was different then. Who knows? I mean, I don't know. I know the Mets took one guy this year, and they sent him to the Pirates for cash. Um, which, they, that's so not – I mean, the, the Rule 5 this year was very, very uneventful. Um, yeah. That was uh, that was history with Big Toddy G. Oh, yeah. Um, we got some breaking history in there. Oh, I thought – you said no, we had no, some breaking. No, no. I thought we had another breaking news. And I was no, like, no, no, no. my my head went on a swizzle, uh, <laughs> uh, swivel there. Um, okay, this is coming from Jeff Passon. Before we go here, source confirms that Indians will be dropping their nickname. While it's unclear what they will replace it with, who have been called that for more than a century. Uh, so same. He's just confirming it. Same. Uh, same report. I was wondering if there's anything new. Doesn't look like anything new is going to come out here. Um, Jeff Passon, you want to come through? Talk yeah, you are a friend of the podcast. Yep. Um, yeah. So, thank you guys again. This was the On the Bump Live podcast. As oh, we we're yeah. trying to do, try to do going forward, try to build something around it. You can come listen to it live, or you can wait and get it as a podcast. So, whatever works for you. Whatever works for you. Whatever is beneficial to you. So yeah, thank you guys, and we will see you next week for a very special. Uh, Christmas episode, and oh, yeah. also if you celebrate, happy Hanukkah! I think this is about the fourth Thank night. You. Fourth I night, believe so. you believe? Oh, that's that's um, you believe so. So that's I think it's the fourth night. I, I'm more positive. Fourth night, happy Hanukkah! If you celebrate that, if not, we'll see you next week. For I mean, you can celebrate both, you can enjoy both. Next week's we're gonna have a Merry Christmas, so we'll have a little episode probably coming out Wednesday, so it's the day before Christmas Eve, whatever, whatever. We'll see you next week for a great episode. Oh, yeah. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. All that. Happy Kwanzaa. Oh, yeah. All right. Bye-bye.